What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. You can find us, of course, by downloading our app on Roku or Amazon Fire. You can also download the E360 TV app on your smart TVs and find us there. And, of course, if you're listening uh, on the podcast, radio, or watching on social media, thank you so much for your support. But as you know, we believe in teaching people to own what they create. Uh, so if you're going to promote a brand, own it. And, and so, and if you're going to have, if you're going to put your content somewhere, own the platform you're doing it on. And I know that not everybody knows how to do that, but this is something we are very passionate about teaching at the Lift Model Worldwide Foundation. Um, and frankly, where we're going, this is necessary. And when I say where we're going, we're talking about the fourth industrial revolution. Not a, not many people are versed on this yet, and I don't know why, but the book. The book is there. You can read it. Uh, this is where we're going. Everything that's been happening in the world has been to usher us into a new a new era, a new world. And it's changing fast. And the need and importance of media is, look, I know a lot of people claim media is social media, and it's not that at all because you don't own the platform. Where we are going, if you want to stay ahead, I, 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 let me actually, I, found, I have no better way to say this now. If you listen to the words that are coming out of the leadership of the World Economic Forum, the people that are not contributing to society in a way that they see fit will going to be worthless human beings. That's what they're called. This is not to scare you. But if you're somebody that has just settled on letting other people do for you your whole life, if you've just been happy and satisfied with the job you had, I have news for you. And I'm telling you not to scare you, but to motivate you. To learn media, because if you are just somebody that is you, you just do your job every day and you're not pursuing your path, there's not going to be a space for you in this new world. This is, again, not to scare you. These are this is the reality. Read the fourth industrial revolution. Watch. I mean, there's YouTube videos on it. Agenda 22, these are not conspiracies. This is where our governments collectively, as a whole, and I'm talking every one of them, Russia, United States, Israel, all of them together. So this is important that you know this. So this means it's time to separate yourself from the pack, packed by being who God created you to be. And who God created you to be was not dependent on the government. And that's where we're going. And anyone dependent on the government moving into this new revolution <laughs> is not going to have a place here. And that is a reality that a lot of people do not want to accept. But I'm telling you, the writing is on the wall. We've been saying it for two years. And, uh, and, and, and now it's more obvious than ever. So we are passionate about teaching this. There's a free training on our website, livemonoworldwide.org. Go there. Watch it. Get the basics. It's two and a half hours long. You cannot watch a Netflix show today. Watch it. It's going to give you the fundamentals of how you take your existing business or your existing intellectual property and you monetize it. You don't have to own a broadcasting network right out the jump. There's initial stages you can start, but start now. So with that said, one of the things that you can do when you are an independent media organization is you can publish books, write books, create talk shows and podcasts and so on. 
Um, and so I'm inspired by authors because authors, to me, have the basic fundamentals of creating a media organization better than most. And then that includes the people that have a podcast because writing in, in itself is organized. It's planned. It's, you know, chapter for chapter. You, you write the preface and, you know, the, the epilogue and all those things. You really are suited in a very powerful position when you have a book. And so with that said, today, I'm really excited to have our friend Karima come back on the show because she's written a very timely book. In a world right now that we live in where everybody is talking about we're celebrating trans rights and the 986,000 different sexualities that exist, the, the place of pronouns and, 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 and look, I don't, I don't even want to try to pretend with that I understand the pronouns that people want to be called by. I get nervous every time I'm on the phone with somebody that sounds like a woman or sounds like a man, and I call them sir or ma'am, and I'm going, oh, God, I hope it wasn't like they, them, or whatever else. The fact is there's been an attack. There's an attack on our children. There, we have, I mean, these, these organizations, I'm not going to name them right now, we have organizations that are literally set out to groom our children to be sexualized. Grade school kids, my kids are dealing with this right now, five and six years old. They don't need to know about 900 genders. They don't need to know about the different sexualities. They don't need this right now. They need to just be kids and they need to learn and they need to have their minds stretched, but they don't need to be sexualized. There's an attack on the family dynamic like never before. It is a relentless attack. You can call it conspiracy or you can call me crazy, but I'm just dealing with facts here. So for a woman to write a book that is reestablishing the home, the king and queen of the home, to reestablish those lines and that boundary of what the family unit is, that takes guts. And that's my kind of humor. I'm so excited to hear about her book. Uh, you guys, I, I haven't had the chance to read it yet, uh, but I'm really excited about it because, again, Right now, what is going to get us through this is reestablishing the family unit. I'm not trying to preach here right now. I'm not trying to say God-centered homes or any of those things. And yeah, you know what? Putting God first in your relationship does wonders. It'll take you through the hardest trials and tribulations. And it, instead of you being a victim to, victim to it, you get to learn something from it. You get to grow from it. The family dynamic is man, woman, and children. That is a kingdom family. And listen, you know... I don't have the issue with the LGBT community at all. I have an issue with the agenda, but I'm not judging people based on their sexualities. But the fact is the family unit is man, woman, and the children. And we get to reestablish this because when, when we remove the men from the home, look, it's tough. And I know a lot of women out there that have, that have taken the, the role of both husband and wife in the relationship and they've done double duty while providing while being the caretaker and the counselor and the therapist and everything else a mother does i know a lot of people have done it but god's design our creator's design is to have a man in the home helping raise the children providing leadership and, and counsel and protection and providing i don't know if i said that already but providing so we get to get back to those things and, um, and I'm really, so I'm excited to have Kareem on 
And we'll be right back after this. Joshua, thank you so much for the welcome. And I just love what you've done with the Live Manna. You have just taken it from level to level. You're going from glory to glory, just as the word tells us. Our lights should shine brighter and brighter. And you are definitely shining. I'm very, very, very honored to be back on the show. It is all by the grace of God. Oh, we have a little bit of an echo. It's all by the grace of God. Uh, without him, there is none of this. Because what you probably don't know, is every step of the way, you know, we haven't been flooded with donations. We haven't been we haven't been blessed in a financial way yet. However, God doesn't need money to bless you and to elevate. No. You, and he is proof of that. We've by the grace of God, we are now on. We have our, our own publication on Google News now. Um, our Amen. network has doubled in size since you were here. Because we, got, we got kicked off social media. And because wow. of that. God elevated our network. And so he gets all the praise and all of the glory for it. But uh, thank you again. But but thank you for saying that. It means a lot because we've worked really, really hard. God, praise God. That's what he does. Our light should look different. Our life should look different as children of the king, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I love it. Karima, before we, before we get into your book um, and just, man, you dropped so much wisdom last time you were here. I loved, I just, it was one of my favorite interviews. And the thing is, too, that's so cool is people are still watching it. I'm still getting feedback on it. So to have you back is an honor. I'm grateful wow. that you're here. But with that said, what are you grateful for today and why? Well, I'm grateful that God has his hand on my life. I'm so grateful because, you know, I'm I'm uh, as I more as I more I work with God, the more I'm learning to recognize his ever presence in my life. And that I'm never by myself. He's always there. Even when I feel, you know, overwhelmed and don't know what to do, you know, I can go back to the word of God and know that, you know what, God is with me. 
I just need to take time, be still, and hear what he has to say. So it's becoming more of a a boost in my life to really, really recognize the ever presence of God in my life. So I'm very, very grateful that he's opening that up to me every day more and more and more, how very real and present he is. Because oftentimes we go through our day and we call him when we have a problem. We don't really recognize the Holy Spirit's like, okay, I'm here. Tag me in. Just just ask me a question. I'm, I'm right here. And I'm learning that. And I'm very grateful for that, Joshua. Very grateful. That is good gratitude. Ooh, that was a feedback. I wonder why it's doing that. Um, I want to ask you something because I don't know anything about your book, really. But I want to ask you about, because you came from the Muslim faith, mm -hmm. converted to Christianity. You gave your mm -hmm. life to Christ. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you because actually a lot of Christians don't even talk about the kingdom family. Is there a version of the kingdom family in the Muslim faith? I think there's some parallels in the respect that we, you know, as a, as a, as a Muslim, you know, we believe that as a man, a woman and child, you know, period. There's not like you were saying in your opening montage about the monologue about the he, them and she, she, I, I can't even keep up that there is a man, I mean, biological male, biological female and children from those two. Um, so there's in that. But there's a, a, some distinct differences in the, the way we function as uh, believers in Christ. There are some distinct uh, sameness is, you know, we believe as a woman that we are supposed to submit to our husbands, um, but not as an unequal partner, as in as the weaker vessel. And I believe in the in Islamic faith, the Muslim faith, um, there's a considerable different, considerable um, difference in the way women are acknowledged and treated, you know, based on scripture and then based on the actual real word of God is in the Bible. Right, right, right. Interesting. Thank you for answering that. So can you tell me what, like, what motivated you? First of all, tell everybody what your book is called and then explain what motivated you to write this, especially for today. So the book is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you trust me, it was needed. It's called Get Him and Keep Him, Biblically, in Biblically Inspired Wisdom for Wives and Wives-to-Be. Get Him and Keep Him. Because for one thing, women are having challenges with getting a husband and oftentimes keeping him because, you know, over 50% of marriages end in divorce. And so clearly in a lot of those marriages are Christian marriages and they're ending in divorce as much as the ones that are of the world. And that shouldn't be so. It's because we don't have a biblical understanding of marriage. The fact that God created marriage is not a man's construct. And so you can't go to a Volvo manufacturer and ask them, how does a Maybach run? You go to the Bible if you want to know how something runs as it relates to marriage. God created marriage. So if you wanted to know how marriage should be handled and how it should be ran, then you go to the Bible. You go to the, the, the manufacturer of marriage. And one of the things I do in the book is that so the reason I wrote it, I wasn't trying to write a book on relationship. That was not a goal of mine. However, as we both know, on my road to Damascus, God will arrest you and tell you, this is what I need you to do. So I think I mentioned it on my on the last call. I have a group of women that we've been praying together. I think it was a lot smaller when I was last on here, but we're over 5,000 members of that prayer group. And we pray every oh, wow. night. Today would be day 284 days. We have been praying every single night together. I started the group intentionally looking for non-believers 
So many have gotten saved. So many have um, come to the Lord. So many are in Christ now. So many are praying every day. But the biggest question when I would be asked to pray for them was relationships. That was the primary miscreamer. Pray for me. What do you need? Relationship. Pray for me. Relationship. Pray for me. Relationship. Marriage. Boyfriend. It was always that. So I said, okay. There is most things that we have difficulty because there's a knowledge that we don't have or wisdom we don't have. And if you go to the world for wisdom or relationships, then you will end up with a divorce or in relationships that don't honor God. So I wrote, get them and keep them and, you know, use the word. It is a very easy read, very light, but very powerful. And I did that on purpose because a lot of people don't like to read, but it's lots of jewels and nuggets that will help women really first prepare for marriage. And then when they're in their marriage, learn how to cultivate an atmosphere where you and your husband thrive but primarily our job is to make sure that our husband reaches his destiny and his job is to be a farmer as a husband is a is a farming term for husbandry and so his job is to look after us but i i'm specifically working with women to get us in a space where we understand our role and do everything we can to support our husband and prepare ourselves for a husband that honors god so I want to go over a couple uh, points, not points, but subjects that for me in relationships have always been the issue. And I want to start with the number one thing, and that's communication. Women and men can say the same sentence and hear it completely different. Yeah. In your book, do you address this subject and what are your some of your solutions for this issue? I don't address it like that, but I address it by giving women declarations and ways to speak to her husband. Because as you can agree with me, um, Joshua, that the number one need for a man in a relationship is honor and respect. It's not yeah. something you guys desire. It's something you need. Like if we need don't, we, you need it. And so what I do over and over to women is I for wives, it's like I'm telling you how to talk to your husband, how to affirm him. I tell women all the time when I address my husband, I lower my voice intentionally in my mind. So even if I'm upset, that my tone won't turn him off to shut him down. Because you, as you know, as a man, if I say things, I can say the right thing the wrong way, and you will never hear it. My tone of voice, the way my face looks, if I sound like I'm confronting you. I'm going to get shut down. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving women tools of how, what to say to him, send him notes, speak to him. I'm always telling women all the time on the prayer call. It always ends up coming up. When I talk to my husband, my voice goes like this. So baby, so what do you think? I intentionally do that because I'm showing him honor and respect because then I will say man is, men are the head, but I am the neck. You can turn your husband away any way you want to, but you got to know how to do that. And you do that through honor. Men respond to honor. I don't care how good your sex is. I don't care how good you cook. I don't care how good you keep the house. If you don't honor your husband, you will have a fire in your home at all times. Okay. That is 100% true. But I want to ask you something. How would you respond to women right now that would look, that could hear what you just said and they're like, uh-uh, I ain't bowing down to no man. Or, well, my husband's going to show me respect first. Or, I mean, there's a lot of things I guess I could say here as an example. Um, just pulling it out of my rear end here. But 
a lot of women, especially with the, the women's liberation movement, which still seems to be going with the Me Too movement and all of these other things where women now are claiming that they can do the role of as a, as a man. We have women playing men's sports and we have, you know, it's again, they're trying to take us to a genderless society. But a part of that is the deconstruct of the family unit. And a part of that also is to mess, mix mash the roles that we were designed to play, what we were created to play in relationships. So there's a big population out there that says what you just said was outdated, old fashioned and bullcrap, and no one's going to listen to it. What would your response to them be? How's your way been working for you? <laughs> Well, that's all you have to say, because I know the answer. And we both do. That's why the women, my book is the number one new release on Amazon, because women see that book and they have been. I have not really promoted it like, I, like I'm going to be. But women are buying 10 and 12 books and giving them to girlfriends like you need to read this, because if the way of the world was actually working. I always tell women, stop allowing women without a man to tell you how to get or keep one without a husband so yeah it sounds good and unfortunately a lot of those voices are from women have who decided that they don't need men and they have turned to other women and so i don't argue with people because i don't argue and i don't have to back the the word of god up because the word of god backs itself up and i will be saying what is your litmus test what is your rule book for marriage mine is the bible and as i tell everybody i don't have an opinion on the bible i just do what it says because to have an opinion would be to say that i actually know more than god himself and i don't so i'm going to trust that the manufacturer of marriage actually knew what he was doing i can't argue with that and, and i want to say this too and i might i can't speak for your former relationship at all but I do know, because I've been very blessed to become friends with several Muslim people, uh, men and women both. And I'll tell you, I hear a lot about women feeling you know, suppressed and being held down by their man. And yeah, and that, there's some of that that's true, very much so, because they're in a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship. They didn't take the time to heal before they got into another relationship, so they just brought their baggage in. I mean, there's a lot of you know, factors right. that can be a lot of things that can mess with this equation of a healthy relationship or not. But I will tell you culturally, I've seen and experienced and heard firsthand from several women that are, were or are Muslim still. You talk about suppression that's built into the culture, mm -hmm. at least from what I can tell. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I mean, it's taught because but, but then it's a false religion. I mean, I was former Muslim. The Christianity is the only faith. So I can't build a foundation on something that's false and expect to get real results. I mean, well, you've had more drop the mic statements in this short time already. I'm just blown away. Okay, so now let's talk about this. And this is probably more of a man's responsibility than anything. And I go after men about this a lot because I was a cheater. I was the worst kind of cheater. I mean, there's, well, I mean, there's a whole chapter dedicated it into our, in our book. There's a whole chapter dedicated to it in uh, my book, The Devil Inside Me, what I wrote with my wife. That was the worst. So that said, sex is a complicated issue in 
marriages especially. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to speak to outside of marriage sex. No, not, because I, I'll, but I'm going to speak to God ordained uh, lovemaking. One thing that you know really happens is with men because I think it's in a man's nature to want to so spread their seed, right or wrong. I think it's in their nature or their instinct is to do that, um, which is hunter, hunting and gathering. It's um, what's it divide or conquering is the conquering is what what it is maybe, but. One thing that I've noticed with, I hear a lot of married men talk about is that they don't have sex with their wife. So then they start looking at porn or they go to prostitutes or they start to cheat. Again, all wrong, but men do it. When it comes to sex, what is the woman's role of keeping, I don't, I don't want to sound like a misogynist jerk, but what is the woman's role in the sexual relationship with her husband like what is her role other than and i don't believe it's lay there and spread her legs and all that stuff but what is a woman's role biblically for her husband okay the word tells us i'm so glad because you guys said biblically because I, I tell i literally i counseled a woman earlier today on her marriage and i say you know we go to the word god tells us that we can deny each other for a time for fasting and praying but we must come back together so then we won't allow the enemy to come in there and our role as a woman is that to not have sex with your soul the number one need of a husband is honor their number two is sex is the reality of who our husbands are and how god created them that's how, and that's another way how they they feel nurtured they feel um, close to us and so i always tell women is that it's I tell everybody, so the way God functions with us, God doesn't counsel me on how to deal with him, my husband. He counseled me on how to deal with me, which will in turn, by my actions, show my husband, not by my words. You know, the thing is that you preach the gospel all day and very, very seldomly use words. You preaching, but you're not using words because your action, your behavior preaches the gospel so much better than your words so you can't tell a husband who is acting up to be right if you are doing your part now you're not doing your part based on what he's doing you're doing your part based on what god commands you so if two people are in their life living their life according to god's word then certain things don't come up like you're not having sex with your husband that's not even an issue he didn't say have sex with your husband if your husband is good or if he's not i'm not of course there's all kind of parts on that he may not be clean or he may be sleeping or whatever i get it however before you get to that point or even after you get that you can't use the word of god to deny a husband because god doesn't give us a deny we must submit to our husbands in all things that's a, ephesians 3 i think it's 20 i mean some more wives are submit to their husbands in all things it doesn't say some things and it doesn't give you a caveat if your husband is doing the right thing, if he's treating you right, if he's doing everything. See, because what we do with Christianity, so many people as that we have caveats. Well, if you do this, then I'll do this. But God says you do this. Anything else is outside of your purview. Because if you live God, because my thing is like this, when you have God on your side, your marriage has a chance. But when you decide to be the God of your marriage, your marriage doesn't have a chance. So I always yeah, counsel true. women because I don't counsel men on marriage. I leave that to men. I counsel women on marriage. Your job is to do what God tells you to do, period. And what I was telling the young lady, once you make it up in your mind that you're going to follow God's word, 
then he'll make things able for you to do it. The grace is not the grace to do wrong. It's the grace to do the right thing. But what, but it's a decision you have to decide that I'm going to do what God says as it relates to my marriage. Everything that I say in this book is biblically backed. It's totally progressive, new. I got 18-year-olds staring at their high school, literally. Sending me, I've shared it with all my friends at my high school. I wish somebody would have told me this. Oh, my God. But it's the word of God is very, very clear. And if you decide, now I'm talking to women, all women, but Christian women specifically, if you want to get the results of God's word, you got to do the work. You have to do what the word says. You can't do because partial obedience is disobedience. That's true. So basically what you're saying is our role, I mean, I'll speak for men here. And as you just spoke for women, is that we individually are to be obedient to the Lord and what he demands from us. That's our expectations. And then so that bringing the best out of us, which it does, because the most freedom I've ever had is obedience. It sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. It's it's, it's not. like to live, you have to die. Period. And, <laughs> period. It's just that that's all there is to it. And so what you're saying is, even though it sounds like a contradiction, it's absolutely not. And because my wife can't fix me, she can't. Obviously, I can be inspired by her, but I, I got to do my part. Like, she's not going to fix anything. I got to do the work. I've got to be right. obedient to the Lord, as she does, too. And we bring that in. Then we have this beautiful connection. But I'll tell you, as a man, if I'm checking out some other girl's butt, I'm watching porn, I'm spreading my seed on nothing or cheating or any of those things. I'm not doing what God called me to do. Therefore, I'm corrupted. Therefore, my corrupted nature is now come in this relationship and she can be as holy as she wants. But this marriage is not going to have good, positive momentum. There's going to be dysfunction and all of that. But it's because I'm not being obedient. And that's but the woman can't change that. And I think a lot of women fall into a trap of thinking that they can save their husband, they can fix him, they can heal him. No, that's the Lord. But so when a woman is in a relationship with a man that's doing those things, and I'm gonna just say it again, I was this guy. So what do you say to the women that are in a relationship where they're being cheated on, maybe being abused, they're being lied to, they're being gaslit, and, and instead of making love to her, He's given it to someone else. What do you say to women that are in that situation? Um, I say that the word doesn't change bring based on our situation. <laughs> I know that's not a popular thing to hear. It's like we want God's word. Well, babe, did you know my situation? Well, there's nothing new under the sun. So I'll, I counsel the young lady today. I say, I know things are hard right now, but you don't fix them by being out of uh, being in disobedience with God. God can't hear a prayer from a disobedient wife. You have to still be obedient. Now, did I say it's always easy? No, but is God's grace sufficient? Absolutely. But once you make the decision again that you're going to follow God's word, then God can back you up in ways that you have never experienced because we live in a culture that says if my situation doesn't apply to the word unless I want it to. 
I'm only going to apply the word to the things that I want to apply it and the rest that I'm going to leave. Yeah, you partial obedience is disobedience. So women of God, I could imagine when you've gone through that. And if you're going through that right now, I will tell you to do what God says. He says, pray about all things. Give thanks about all things. Submit yourself to your husband in everything. Because what you don't know is that your conduct is going to ultimately, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy because you, you had to pray. Now you had to pray for your husband every day. And if you're not praying for your husband, I'm not praying for him. He's not acting food. Then you're, you are, are the most uh, wise woman or what the proverb said, builds her home. You cannot build a home that you're not praying in. And most of a, a lot of the challenges you're having about your husband right now, because you're so angry with him, you refuse to go to God with him. And you're trying to use your mouth to change somebody. And my thing is, how many things have changed about you that you've been dealing with your whole life and still hasn't changed? How many? Therefore, the thing that you're supposed to do is pray to God and then God deals with him. But as long as you're praying, God, you're praying to God the word over your husband, and then you're staying in alignment with the word about you. And as long as you have those two pieces in there, there's hope. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm saying what is the alternative? The world, the standards of the world, it doesn't work. So if you want to know what works, try God. Try Jesus. <laughs> well, that takes surrender. Because I think we were created to think, or not, we weren't created for this reason, but in our creation, somehow we got to believe that we are the masters of our own universe and that we can control the outcome and we can control other people and we we can fix it. I would I believe that. I was so good. I even tricked myself into believing it a lot because I got out of trouble so much. It's like, oh, I'm good at this. But yeah, well, that proved to, <laughs> proved to be a disaster. Um, I got to tell you, my wife and I, uh, this last month has been one of the most challenging months because we prayed. I didn't even think about this until the other day, but we prayed together. I mean, we pray together every day, but in this prayer, God, please heal all of the wounds, all of the hidden wounds, make us complete, make us who you created us to be period. <laughs> What I forgot about those kind of prayers are, yeah, you're going to go through the fire. Like you've given God and not that, not that God needs permission, but you know, you, you pretty much said, God, okay, here's your free, free will do whatever you want to me. And I got to tell you, we've been facing some serious, serious giants the last month. And it was scary. We came face to face with serious communications issues and hearing each other. And that feeling that you talked about with respect and other things. And every all of this stuff got brought to a head. And the realization, because we were caught up in the emotion of it, is really the emotion had nothing to do. That wasn't the reality. The reality were these little roots that have been dug deep since we were children. But God brought it all to a head at the same time. And in turn, I've been able to see one of the greatest breakthroughs relationally I've ever seen. And look, we had a great, fun relationship. But when we prayed the da dangerous prayers, we went through a fire that we hadn't experienced before. And it was tough. I was scared to death. But one of the things that we did nonstop independently, because we weren't talking the whole time, not the whole time, but we were praying independently where we were surrendering our, surrendering our relationship to the Lord. 
and and surrendering all of it, everything that came up was like, okay, I can't handle this. Please take it, God. And what I took from this experience over the last month was that anything that we give God, he's going to use for his glory, but also our benefit. And that's one of the most amazing promises I've ever experienced with God, that it's tried and true through my entire six years of walking with the Lord. Anything I'll give him, anything I'll surrender to him, he's going to do something awesome with it. Basically, he asked you for your Isaac, and our marriages can be your Isaac. You what know, God. Mean? So, when um, when God asked Abraham to take Isaac to the, his son Isaac, the, you know, the only son he had, it's like when you surrender your Isaac. And he said, even all the wonderful things Abraham had done, but when he took his son and laid him on the altar and pulled up the knife to slay his son, God said, "Now I know you don't have to kill him. You, I, now I know that you truly love me." So sometimes our marriage can become an Isaac because we put our marriage before God and we put things. And so we have to lay our marriage down on the altar, say, God, this marriage is not more important than you. I lay it down because you know you're the author of this marriage. I give this marriage to you. I give my husband to you. I give my life to you. And so many women, we try to hold on to our husbands and our husband has become our Isaac because we're trying to be their God. And God says, God will have no other God but him. He's a jealous one. of His name is jealous. And so when we made our husbands our idols, then we can't allow God to come in there and be our God and for him to be their God. And so we all have to lay down our Isaacs. I just prayed that prayer point the other night on the call. We have Isaacs in our life, things that we have put before God. And sometimes we're so tr we're so busy trying to change or praying for our husband to get right. God is like, get lay down that Isaac. You can't even focus on me because every time you show up for me, you tell me about your husband. We have a list of complaints instead of prayers. And so emotions are the most unreliable thing that we have. They're completely unreliable. I don't go by how I feel. I go by what God's word says because my, I have to subdue my emotions under the word of God because we are a tripartite. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Our soul, the mind and our emotions have to be taken captive under our, our spirit. And you do that through the word of God. So if you live your relationship, and many, many, many women do, and men cannot deal with it. First of all, they just like, it shuts you down quicker than anything when we get all emotional. And it's like, look, don't go by the emotion. What does God's word tell you to do? Submit. You're angry. Submit. You're happy. Submit. He's, uh, he's offended you. Submit. We give ourselves all these things that I will submit to based on this. But you don't base your submission on you. You base your submission on God's word. You do everything based on the word. And when you start to make your marriage based on what God says, you will start to get the results, which is heaven on earth. And you can't have a marriage that's heaven on earth. Another mic drop. Karima, tell everybody how they can buy your book. You can go to Amazon.com, put in Karima Amorty, or you can go to my website that will link you to. It's called Get Him, the letter N, Keep Him. Dot com and if you want to get a free chapter of the first the first chapter you can get free you can download the first chapter and i tell a lot of people to do that before they buy it even if i know they want to buy it why i don't want you to buy it because you oh i like karima and i think she has something good to say i want you to read the book read that first chapter after you read that first chapter those are the women that have been buying books and books and books 10 and 12 15 books to give because it's that powerful so go to the um get him um, G G E T 
him, that letter in, keephim.com, download the first chapter. It's free. Then after you read that, then I'm not concerned about whether or not you're going to want the book because God is going to meet you at the point of your need. Every woman that is, I mean, and particularly women that are single, married women, your young daughters that are going up to college that are in high school that have getting the using social media to give them all these Hollywood standards for marriage, which are completely not real and unrealistic. Get the book. It's going to help you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Prima. Thank you. You. I'll I know I love him too. So He's a good guy. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you again. All right. Bye. Wow. Karima, everybody. You got to check out the book. I, I literally, bam, 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 bam. Like she just dropped so many mics all over the place. This is one of those episodes I'm going to go back and watch again because there's a lot of nuggets there and it's powerful. I mean, even though really she's speaking to women, but we have a role as men to play in this too. We get to do our part. And I'll tell you that as an individual, obedience is truly the secret to living the life of your dreams. All those little downloads that you get, these visions you get of a greater life, it comes through obedience. But surely you had a vision when you met your wife and or even maybe somebody you're engaged to now and God showed you, like, hey, this is your partner and, you know, this is this is your woman, this is your queen. Well, you guys have a kingdom to rule together. But the way that you rule it together is through obedience and through doing what you were created to do, not pointing the finger and saying, you need to do this. Go look in the mirror and do that because we all have a role to play. And look, and I'm guilty as that. I don't want to be wrong. I hate being wrong. I go out of my way. And Jessica will tell you this. I, I mean, literally, I'll, I'll study like I'm preparing a term paper to not be wrong because I want to be right. I like fact-checking and fact-checking and researching, like want to get all the facts together, and then I'm going to come present my case. Well, my case really doesn't even freaking matter in the grand scheme of things. I get to do my part. I get to focus, not focus on me, but I get to do my part. And I get to do my part in excellence as a father, as a husband, and just even as a man of God. So, anyway... God bless Kareema. You guys check out our book. Again, you can find it on Amazon.com, and there'll be a link to it here on livemonoworldwide.org also. Thank you so much for being here. You all have a blessed day, and uh, we'll see you again.